Tonight, we're in our series on what? <laughs> on a series on thankfulness, but the title of our series is The Great State of Gratitude. The Great State of Gratitude. And I've talked about in the last couple of services <clears throat> that we've ministered on this, that it's a state of mind, being grateful for things and having a positive attitude is a, is, a, is a state of mind. You can be positive or you can be negative. And God wants us to have a, a, a great attitude in the way we look at things and perceive things because <clears throat> what it does is it changes the way you perceive everything else in life. You know, you, you'll view things in life one way and, and for that to change, you've got to have a different attitude. And if you don't change your attitude over time, you view everything through wherever your attitude is. And if it doesn't change and get better, then you see everything in a negative way. And God doesn't want you looking at life through negative eyes. Very easy to do that because everybody does that. Everybody slants and slides and leans toward the negative. God wants us to lean toward the positive create positive attitude so that it, it gets off on other people and it creates this positive, thankful attitude everywhere we go. <clears throat> I've told you the last couple of services that thankfulness is a weapon. And to have a thankful heart is to have a weapon to overcome unthankfulness and, and an attitude or a heart of ungratefulness. And if you have a weapon to be able to do that, and you see it in the Scripture, then will you use it? I'm saying, yes, you will, if you understand it and you begin to put it to work. When you put these things to work on a day-to-day -day basis, then that weapon becomes something that you know how to use. If you have... If you have a pistol or you have a rifle and you go to the practice range and you practice with that pistol or that rifle, you get good at what you're doing. You get good at shooting. And actually, the more you practice, man, the, the more you want to practice, right? Because the better you get, the more you want to practice to get better. And then when you're actually hunting something that's moving, you know, you can drop that thing. Now, don't be shooting humans, but you know, you know what I'm saying. We live, in a, we live in the Texas Hill Country. There's a lot of moving animals that, you know, it's normal here to shoot. Um, I put a picture up that I'm thankful for the Hill Country, and I put a big axis buck on, on, on social media, and I had, had this friend of ours from Australia say, oh, that's a pretty deer. So we, don't, we don't have those there, and we don't... We, they can't use guns and they can't shoot things and all, and so it's very strange. Or at least in the in the cities and the occupied areas where there's people living now in the middle of Australia, they do all kinds of hunting. But but in the areas that they live in the cities and stuff, and even the surrounding areas of the cities, they don't do any hunting and they're not allowed to have guns. And so when they see pictures of that, all she thinks is how pretty that little animal is. Little does she know that animal's probably not even alive. <laughs> Somebody probably got it, <clears throat> right? Anyway, you may not like all that, so anyway, we'll just shut up and go on. <clears throat> so, um, so we're talking about that weapon, and, and, and the more, if, if, you've got a, if you've got a gun, the more you practice with that, and the better that you get at targets, the more you want to practice. Well, God wants the weapon of thankfulness 
He wants you to understand it, number one, and how to use it and get accustomed to it. And, and so what will happen is it, it will create an attitude and an environment around you where you're thankful all the time and there's no room for complaining and unthankfulness. And I'm telling you, it changes your whole life. It changes your whole attitude and your outlook on life and the way you view others. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Amen? Say amen or oh me. <clears throat> um, so, I, I want to read the two foundational verses that we've had. Psalm 100 <clears throat> is one of them. Psalm 100. And it says, make a joyful shout or noise. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people. We're the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with what? With thanksgiving. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. And be thankful to Him and bless His name. So, we see here in this fourth verse that it's something that we've got to do. We've got to enter into this place of thanksgiving. We've got a purpose to thank Him for all that He's done for us. And it's something that you don't just do once. It's something that you do all the time. Because when you enter His gates with thanksgiving, then in the courts, in everything else that you do in life, there'll be an attitude of praise and a better attitude than, when, than if you enter into the, the gates with complaining. You can enter into the gates with complaining or you can enter into it with thanksgiving. And to enter into a place of worship and understanding God, when you do that by faith, it opens the door to the ability to praise Him and have a thankful heart in everything that you do day to day. And, and I said this on Sunday. Entering His gates is like coming into church. And, and I don't know about you, but when I first started in church life, and I saw people coming in and singing songs and raising their hands and doing things that were, to me was abnormal, it's something that I had to practice. I had to get accustomed to it. I had to get used to it. And so when we enter into, and we come in here, as they were playing songs tonight, I mean, every one of the songs tonight were prophetic, were just really good. Every one of those songs were great. And when you come in and you begin to lift your hands, and as um, Shannon said earlier, you know, there's times when you have things that are heavy on you during the week. That's why we come in here to do it. So that we can leave here with an attitude of praise and be better than when we came in. And when we develop that, what happens is we become accustomed to being able to handle adverse situations, difficult situations, unthankful situations. Situations where in the natural it might be normal to respond in, in, a, in an ugly way. You might respond to what someone else has done or said to you. You might respond even to a thought you have that you thought someone thought about you. You might respond with that attitude. But when you, when you begin to come in and begin to praise Him and thank Him and you begin to practice thanksgiving, 
then you learn that to be thankful is not based on how your circumstances are. To be thankful, you have to do by faith. You have to do trusting God that giving thanks to Him and not being worried or fretful about things that you see with your eyes or you hear with your ears or what, what other people might have done to you or maybe even thoughts that come to you from things in, way in the past. I'm not going to let those things bother me. I'm choosing to thank God. And, and I'm going to show you two scriptures tonight that I believe are the key to thankfulness being a weapon. Now, the other verse that we looked at Sunday was 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16. It says, rejoice always, verse 16 does. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. And verse 18 says, in everything give thanks. Everything. Everything give thanks. In everything, give thanks. And notice what he says. This is the will of God in Christ for you. It's God's will for you in everything to give thanks. So, you go to work one day. Boss says, you know, um, things have been slow around here. We're going to just have to let you go. Father, I just thank you today that I lost my job. No. No, that's not, that's not what giving thanks is about. Lord, I thank you that you're my provision. And the job that I had, you brought to me. I trusted you for the job I have. And I thank you for that job, but that job is gone. But you're my provider, and I thank you for the next job or the next opportunity or the next open door that's coming my way. And Lord, right now I begin to thank you. I'm not moved by this. I'm not going to allow my thoughts about bills I have or anything else to contaminate my mind. I choose to trust you and to believe in you. And I know that your blessing is coming my way. Opportunities are coming my way. Now, when opportunities come your way, you've got to take advantage of those opportunities. We can't just sit around and do nothing. But, but in everything, give thanks. You know, you... Everybody loves Thanksgiving, but I've heard a lot of difficult stories around Thanksgiving and family members and people getting offended by family and this thing happening or that thing happening. So let's just say you're at Thanksgiving and somebody says or does something to you and you just, bless God, your flesh and your emotions just want to leave. I want to leave the table, leave the house, and forget this thankful attitude. Right? He said, in everything, give thanks. See, it's easy to give thanks in the thankful things, but it's difficult to give thanks in the difficult things. So you're there in Thanksgiving, you, you have to walk away from the table because of what was said or done, you have to go in the bathroom somewhere, Lord, I just thank you right now, I'm not moved by what I just heard, I'm not moved by my emotions, I consider myself dead. I consider my emotions dead. How I feel and the way I feel as a result of this doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that you delivered me, you set me free, and I'm not allowing my emotions to be overcome by what someone else did. It's a weapon. I'm practicing something in this moment. There's all these situations where these opportunities arise in our lives every single day. Every day these opportunities arise all the time. And God wants us to know that it's His will 
for us to give thanks to Him and to put in remembrance of Him all the promises that belong to us. See, it's in that moment the reason we study the Word of God is so that in the moment the Holy Spirit has the right Word for me to, to, be, to reveal to me so that I can then allow that to come out of my mouth and that shut the mouth of the enemy. Because the enemy's coming to tell you, man, go after them, hammer them, you know, lose it in front of your whole family and leave and just ruin that Thanksgiving and potentially you won't have another Thanksgiving dinner for 10 years. You're going to be eating at Luby's because nobody's going to want to be around you because of what you did. And you think it's the other person's fault. Well, if they hadn't have done that, see, if you take that attitude, then it's going to always be that way. All that has to happen is somebody say something ugly and then you lose it. Because you're going to blame everybody else instead of allowing the will of God to kick in, which is to give thanks to God in the midst of whatever. Amen? So, look at Colossians chapter 3. Where am I going? Oh, yeah. Went the wrong way. Colossians 3. And verse 11, uh, 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, but above all these things, do what? Put on love. Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and do what? And be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts in which you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, in word, in other words, what you say, or how you respond, how you react. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, doing what? Giving thanks to the Father through Him. Whatever you do, whatever you say, however you act or react, do all of it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, back up to verse 12, and notice a little a pattern that's here that goes with a thankful heart. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. How do you put something on? How did you put whatever you have on your top today? How did you put it on? You unbutton it, put your arms in it, or however it got, you got it, or over your head, or however you put it on, and you put this on. He said, 
put this on. So, did you put on what you have on right now on, on, on purpose? You know, n- nobody forced you to put on what you put on. And if you're like this high, you know, you might be forced you're going to wear this little thing, you know. But all us big kids in here, we, we, nobody forced us to put something on. We put on what we wanted to, but we had to put it on with purpose. Notice here, he says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Notice the next one, bearing with one another. Notice the next one, forgiving one another. Notice the next one, and if anyone has a complaint against another or has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. The same way that Jesus forgave you, then you forgive. How, how, how does this happen? Do you, do you just all of a sudden wake up one day and think, you know, okay, I'm going to forgive that person. No, 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 no. You've got to get up every day and you've got to put it on. You've got to put kindness on. You've got to put these things on. And how is that developed? The next verse says, the next, notice this is a pattern of how we get to this place. He says, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called into one body, and do what? And be thankful. And then the last verse there that we read, and whatever you do in what you say or how you react, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to Him. So whatever we say, whenever we say anything, whenever we react ever about any specific situation, we look to Him, we give thanks to Him, we're reminded of His promises, and the promises are what strengthen us in the moment. That's how thankfulness and thanksgiving becomes a weapon. And what is that weapon for? To use on other people? Absolutely not. We're to use it against the enemy. We're to use thankfulness. We're to use forgiveness against what? Unforgiveness. Not against another human being. See, yeah, we're going to forgive the person, but we're forgiving the person in the light of unforgiveness coming at us and saying, no, you need to not forgive them. You need to remember what they did to you. You need to remember what that person said. You need to be reminded of those kind of things. The enemy's coming after you constantly with that kind of thing. And the only weapon that will stop that is to stop those thoughts through words and attitudes of thanksgiving, of gratitude, of thankfulness, of meditating on things that relate to the promises of God instead of meditating on what other people have done. And I tell you what, it's a full-time job. It's not part-time. This this isn't part-time. This is a full-time job on top of everything else that you do in your life. To guard your heart this way is a full-time job. 24-7, there's never a day, a moment. When you go on vacation, you can have some of the worst days of your life on vacation if you let this go to the wayside. You can have some of the worst times of your life in times when you really were expecting something to be great when you forget this. We can't forget this. Why? See, this is a state of thinking. 
It's a state of mind. It's something that has to be embedded like, like you set something in concrete. It's got to be set, and you cannot be moved no matter what, no matter how you feel, no matter what, you, what, what, what comes your way. Thankfulness has to come out of your mouth all the time. And that's why this month we've been encouraging you to post things that you're thankful for. And, and you have to kind of dig deep. How many of you have thought about, well, I'll put that up, that, ah, that'll sound real corny. Now, put the corny things up. Put up the things that appear and sound corny, you know, in a way, because really people think, oh, wow, that, how, how cool is that? You know, what we might think is corny is, is keeping other people from being blessed. And God wants other people blessed as a result of the things that you're thankful for. When you put pictures up of family or you put pictures up of, you know, uh, your dog or something, you know, that you really like. I don't care what it is. When you put pictures up of things that maybe normally people wouldn't see about your life, then it's going to encourage them to, you know what? I, can, I, I have something to be thankful. I have people in my family to be thankful for. Well, we're here tonight to tell you, God wants you to be thankful for anything and everything that you come across in life. Every person in your life, He wants you to be thankful for them at, through the promises of God. Not thankful necessarily for all their acts. Not thankful for all the things that maybe somebody's done to you or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being thankful to God in the midst of it for these people. And we can do that. And the more we practice it, the better it gets. Can you say amen? So so I remind you of this. I want to read verse 14. He said, but above all things, say all things. And, and all things is everything. So above everything else, put on love. Put on love. I want you to look at this verse in Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And verse 8. Owe no one anything except... To love one another. For he who has love, he who loves another has fulfilled the law. He said, Owe no man anything but to love him. Amen? God wants us to love and to love people. Verse 9 says, For the commandments. You shall not commit adultery or murder. You shall not steal. You shall not, not bear false witness and all, all of those. He said all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love who? Your neighbor as you love yourself. When you look at the word neighbor, the word neighbor means those closest to you. I just, I've just seen that as of late. I just looked up that word. I thought it meant well, and it does mean several other things, but it means those closest to you. He said, he said everything else will, will sum up in the fact that if you practice loving those closest to you, loving those that irritate you the most, loving those that at times do things that you don't like, the more you practice that and you practice loving them, everything else in your life will be summed up in that. Everything. All the laws are fulfilled in, in the statement that you love, you, you love those closest to you the way you love yourself. 
You know why? Because it's harder to love those closest to you than it is to love someone else at a distance that you don't have to deal with every day and know every little thing about them. Absolutely. And the way we tap the love of God is through a thankful heart. Now, this last passage I want to look at is in Ephesians chapter 4. And, I mean, uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. And I want to start with verse 4. Um, He said, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Verse 5, and and I'm just, even if it's not on the screen, I'm just going to read it out of the Amplified, just verse 5. It says, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit, for the Lord is near and coming. Let your unselfishness, in other words, be known to all people. Let, let people around you see how dead you are to yourself. How life is not about what you can do for me. Life is about me being able to give and do for you. And see, if everybody that's in relationship understands this, then we live our lives trying to outgive each other instead of living our lives trying to pull things out of each other. And when you put demands and you have an unthankful heart and selfishness is ruling and reigning, what you're doing is you're putting, you're putting negative and, and actually ungodly demands on people that God didn't intend to be on them. That's why he said, let your unselfishness be known to all. How unselfish that you truly are. Now notice verse 6. As we do this, he said, be anxious or fretful, or worried about nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, how many would say that it's easy to not worry? good. I don't have any liars in here. It is tough to not worry. It is really tough to not be anxious about something, especially when something comes to you real quickly. Some report comes to you or some, you know, somebody says something to you and then, and then all of a sudden things try to set in on the inside of us. That's why we have to practice with this whole verse. So I want to break this verse down just for a moment and then we'll read verse 7 and 8 after it. So he says, be anxious or worried or fretful about nothing. Notice, he didn't just say, don't be anxious. But what he's actually saying is, anxiety is going to come and when it comes, I want you to replace it with something else. So, anxious situations, 
worried situations, fretful situations are, are going to come your way. Everybody just settle that right now. You're going to face difficult things coming your way. But instead of being anxious, replace it with something else. He said, but in everything, do what? In everything by prayer. Now, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you understand what it means to pray in the Spirit and pray in other tongues, one of the greatest weapons that there is, actually it is the greatest weapon that God has given mankind to be able to overcome thoughts or situations that come at us, is instantly when an anxious, worried, fretful type thought or whatever comes to our mind, we can instantly begin to pray in the Spirit. He said, with prayer and supplications. What will happen as you begin to pray in the Spirit is the Spirit will reveal to you the will of God. Which is what? His promises revealed in a given situation that is the right word that you need in the right moment. So when I pray in the Spirit, instead of taking the anxious, worried, fretful thoughts, when I begin to pray in the Spirit, then what's going to come out of me is this attitude of thanking God for what His Word says instead of what my mind says. And the more I practice that, it becomes a weapon that I believe in and that will destroy the enemy and and. We realize from Scripture that the devil has been defeated. The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. The enemy comes at us in our our soul, in our mind, will, and emotions. And he tries to convince people that what we see and hear and feel is more real than the promises of God. I'm saying tonight that the promises of God are more real. Amen? And the only way that those promises will work for us is when we stop, when we stop an ungrateful, unforgiving, worried, fretful attitude in its tracks by praying in the Spirit or and, or and, thanking God in the moment that He's bigger than what what that thought is or what I'm facing. And I don't have to be moved by what I see because of what God has done for me and how He's empowered me. And the more I practice that, the more I stop that every single time. Can we stop those thoughts always? I believe so. I believe we can stop every thought from taking up residency on the inside of us and convincing us that what we see is more real than what we know. And if you don't practice it, then what won't come is what the next verse says. And the next verse says this, And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all of your understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This is pretty lengthy, but listen to this in the Amplified. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content 
with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that is that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard. Man, I like the way those words are spoken. Shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What will? This peace. See, when I practice thankfulness, when I practice thanking God for what His will is and thanking Him for His promises and thanking Him for what is true in a given situation, when I stop the opposite of His promises in its tracks, then what happens is all of a sudden my heart, my heart begins to be built up and protected and strengthened by what? By the peace of God that just coats it. My mind, my heart, my life begins to be protected by the peace that passes my understanding. See, because my understanding says, yeah, but man, Pastor, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but you don't know what really happened. Yeah, but it didn't make sense to forgive that person. They ought to be shot. Yeah. All through the Bible, there's all kinds of things that don't make natural sense. All through the Bible, you find stories of things that make absolutely no sense. For a 99-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman to become pregnant doesn't make sense. Anybody in here make sense? No sense. For all kinds of things in the Scripture to happen makes absolutely no sense. So this peace that stands guard over my heart and mind, it guards my mind from being moved by what these circumstances try to convince me are more real than the promises of God. And I say tonight, ain't no way. Everybody say, no way. Right? No way. No way. And without the peace of God over my mind and my heart, without the peace of God, then I, I, I am open and vulnerable to these constant attacks that come. It says, it, in, in the Amplified here, it says, um, shall garrison and mount guard over your heart and your mind. The peace of God was intended to be to cover my mind and every time that one of those ungrateful, unforgiving, whatever thoughts would hit my mind, boing, 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 because the peace of God is a shield to protect me, protect my heart, to protect my mind, to not allow anything to be able to overcome that. There's not a person sitting in here today that hasn't been hurt by, by some human being in one way or another. Emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever it is, there's not a person sitting in here tonight that hasn't been hurt by someone else. I'm saying that to get rid of that, you have to practice going to God and thanking Him every single time anything arises. Every ugly situation that happens. Again, it's not the good times. To give thanks to God during the good times uh, there's no profit in that. It's easy to thank Him when it's all good. It's the, it's the difficult times. And if we don't practice thanking Him and allowing thanksgiving to be a weapon, 
then we leave ourselves open and we're vulnerable to constant attacks and things just stay the same or they get worse and they get worse and they get worse. But if we learn in every word, everything we say and everything that we do in every situation that happens to us, if we practice thanking God, there's no end to the peace and the control that you can have in your life and how you can minister that to other people. Because I'll just tell you right now, it doesn't make any sense to forgive people that have done you wrong. It doesn't make any sense. It's never made sense. Is there an epidemic out there of unforgiveness? Absolutely. Absolutely. But does it have to rule in your life? Absolutely not. What I've shared with you tonight and what I've shared with you the last two Sundays and the rest of these services that, that we're going to share on this, what I'm, what I'm trying to get over to you is that your life is not just about you. Your life is about other people. And other people need to see examples of others that are not going to be moved never by what other people do. When you read 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, the last four things that it says in there about the love of God is that it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails. It hopes all things, it believes the best of all things in all people, it endures all things, love never, ever, ever, ever fails. Ever. But the only way that you get to that point is that when something unlovely crops up, you stop in your tracks. Father, right now, this situation happened, I choose not to be moved by this. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that your word says that the anointing of God has empowered me to overcome every obstacle and situation that I face. Right now, Lord, I'd like to just hammer this person, and you know I would. I mean, that's the way I pray. I mean, I'd like to just take them out, break their knees, and just make them fall over, you know? I mean, I, I, I mean I've told God that many times. I, that's what I'd like to do. But right now, I choose not to. And I thank you that your Holy Ghost is inside of me. You've empowered me to overcome this situation. I'll not be moved by what I see. I'll not be moved by what they said. And in the name of Jesus, I forgive them. And I tell you, you just have to do that by faith. That's not based on how you feel. But you know what happens? Every time you do that, all of a sudden, just kind of like somebody pouring oil over your head, all of a sudden, the peace of God begins to rule over your mind. Something happened to me today. A situation happened with me today that attacked my mind. And all of a sudden, I begin to speak the word. And when I spoke the word, I mean, I could feel, I, literally, I could, it was, all, it was tangible, I could feel it. I could feel the change as I begin to speak the word. And what is that? That's the peace of God that comes over you because you choose not to look at things or look at situations in life like the rest of the world does. Now, we're different people. We're peculiar people. Brian's peculiar anyway. But, no, we're, we're, a, we're a peculiar people. The Bible says we're a chosen race of people and we're peculiar. We're different. It doesn't make sense to live the way that God has called us to live. But it works. It works. 
And the world is waiting for it to work in you and in me. I just can't tell you enough how much that at the end of this month, if you'll stay with this thankful attitude and you'll stay with making yourself work at thanking people, it's going to develop an attitude and a way of thinking that is causing the peace of God to come over you and the enemy does not have the ability to penetrate your soul and your heart when you maintain this attitude and this, and, and this stance of thanksgiving and gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. I, I really like that. I really like that saying. I've heard that from somewhere or someone. I think one of my girls mentioned that to me. But I think I've heard it other places too before. But, you know, we just take a hold of it. An attitude of gratitude. And not complaining and unforgiving and all those other things. Can you say amen tonight?